Happy Friday, everybody. What's going on, guys? It's Elijah. And Eric. And we are back with the Comebacks Podcast. Welcome to a surprise episode, guys. So... Honestly, we didn't even know we were going to do another episode this week. Not at all. It wasn't in the plans. Yeah, it wasn't in the plans, but uh, after a lot of the great feedback, uh, we, we just kind of said, you know what? Let's give them another episode this week. Um, I, I can't speak for Eric, but I don't think this will be too common of a thing. As of right now, I mean, that's not in the plans. Uh, as we mentioned in the first episode, we kind of don't know necessarily a set in stone schedule just yet yeah uh we're still trying to figure out ways to go about having the podcast and you know kind of um what days kind of what structure we want to do for our episodes but um once we figure that out we'll be sure to let you guys know hopefully we'll have it all figured out before the first uh week of the regular season goes i think that would be a good time to kind of have things figured out um a lot of it's going to honestly come down to our analytics kind of what the fans are thinking what you guys are thinking but Nevertheless, we wanted to bring you guys another episode um, because we got, a, we got a lot of good feedback, Eric. We, yeah. we got a lot of good feedback. And uh, the first thing I actually want to talk about when it comes to this feedback is uh, we actually got a message from one of our listeners. A uh, big shout out to the listener that actually direct messaged me. Um, and Eric, actually, since I already read the message, I'm going to go ahead and, and hand you my phone. So that way you can go ahead and read to the audience, you know, kind of what this uh, listener said. Right. Sounds good. Well, we got this message, like Elijah said, uh, he brought it up to me. Um, and that kind of is what geared us to have this podcast, actually. It uh, messaged me and, and then we were talking on the phone and he just told me he had a really good message from one of our listeners and uh, asked if I'd be willing to do another episode because of this this week and uh, didn't tell me at all anything about the message so as I read it to you guys um, it will literally be the first time that I'm hearing it as well so here we go the message starts out great job on the podcast today Elijah you got yourself a regular listener here I like the segments on the NFL and wrestling but my favorite part of the podcast was talking about love and relationships in today's society it opened my eyes to a lot of things and all of a sudden me being single isn't so bad and I think it's time to share my story. You see, in automotive, I was bullied a lot uh, due to being single. I had, a former co I had former co-workers who just didn't like, like me getting on the, like me getting on my case for being single saying that no woman wants to be with you and no woman wants to sleep with you and even had a co-worker who is a lesbian named Alex said to me to come out of the closet and just say that I'm gay, which in real life I am not. It was so hurtful. I then also had a female coworker who wasn't who she said she was. She said she was single, but in turn, it turns out her boyfriend was a guy I used to work with. He got pissed off at me. I carried those burdens for a long time and thought that it was over for me until Oscar and a lot of good friends, including two good former co-workers and friends named Mike and Jeremy, taught me that I am special and enjoy single life because all the stuff I, I have done, like WrestleMania in Dallas last year and countless wrestling shows like Jack Cars, The Terminal List, book series, and the series on Amazon, Amazon Prime and all kinds of comic books and pop culture things. The other day when I was doing your photo shoot, filming your promos and, and rapping and doing my boy band thing, 
You caught a glimpse of the best version of myself. Thank you so much, Elijah, for being an awesome friend. I also have something to give you on Saturday after the show. God bless you, my friend. Wow. Insane. Um, big shout out to uh, the listener. Uh, and, and, you know, for privacy reasons, I'm not going to go ahead and name who it was. Um, but big shout out to you, man. And, you know, this is exactly why we do what we do, you know. Um, you know, first of all, <laughs> I, I feel like, one of the biggest reasons that when we talked about starting this podcast, one of the biggest reasons we started this was to actually do just that, you know, yeah. inspire people. And, you know, I'm glad that what he was take what he was able to take out of this first episode was, you know, it is okay to be single. It is okay to, you know, be working on yourself in a sense, right? And it's okay that maybe right now you don't have a significant other. You know, because at the end of the day, this person that sent me this message, if I'm going to be very honest with you, great guy, very nice individual, yes, he is. you know, and genuinely he has a heart of gold. I've never met someone as nice and as, you know, um, as kind hearted as this man. And genuinely when, when the time comes and when he does find that, that person, it's going to be worth it for him. Um, you know, uh, when we started this podcast, we wanted to do things like that to be able to inspire and to be able to let people know that it's okay to, you know, open up to us and things of that nature. But what did you think about this uh, message? Well, hearing the bullying and everything else, it's, it's not surprising, right? I mean, because there's just, people are like that out there. And I think the biggest thing for people is to understand that there's also people like us. And, and I'd like to think more of us than just the people that you run into that are the ones that treat you like crap and and say bad things to you. I mean, I, I, the thought of somebody telling somebody that I know who is, as you say, um, I don't know him well, but I do know him. And, and to have somebody tell that person that they're never going to have somebody and, and things like that is very hurtful. And, and um, it makes it makes me angry that there's people like that out there um but the best thing we can do because we're not going to be able to stop it is just be there for everybody and, of course. and give them an outlet right to to say hey look you know it's okay reach out to us you, you've always got us because we're very unbiased people um non-judgmental um and we'll always be here to offer support for anything so um hearing that yeah, that's just where I'm at on it. That's my take on the whole thing. Um, just keep picking up the pieces every day and, and move forward, right? Because uh, there is a light at the end of everybody's tunnel. Of and course. you got to look up to see it. Yeah, so. yeah, and it's one of those things where I think it's important to touch on this too. And eventually, I'm sure we'll have an episode where we go deeper into this topic. But, you know, bullying, it's a very real thing. And I think it's one of those things where, don't get me wrong, Growing up in this generation, I feel like it's more noticeable than ever. I talked, I touched, I touched a little bit about it on the last episode, but you know, especially with social media. Now, in this situation, it was happening at work, you know, at a place of work. But you know, I understand. I feel like there's a fine line, right? Now, a lot of people joke around, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I have friends that joke around, and sometimes the jokes are a little high up there. But they know I can tolerate it. You know, they know I'm okay with that type of thing. But the thing that the thing is, is I like to think that there's a very fine line with it. 
you know, especially with someone as kind-hearted as this individual, you know, you grow, you, you come to know, like, who they are, but there's also malicious intent out there, and sometimes they try to use, like, their insults, they try to cover it up by saying, oh, no, it's just a joke, even though it's really not just a joke, and it's one of those things where jokes can go way too far with people, and I feel like people aren't, again, open-minded enough to really see that, you know, um, there was a lot of times, you know, in my upbringing where people's rude comments have, you know, affected my mindset. You know, I've even had family members whenever I was, uh, you know, early on in my fitness journey where I was already starting to get in shape, like starting to have muscle, but I didn't like fully lose like all the stomach fat where I'd even have like family members that like had been in like, you know, the, the army or Marines or Air Force. I forgot which one it was, you know, that would make comments about like, still looking a little chubby and like that's that's fucked up you know like who are you to like comment on me like if i'm happy right now and if i'm like you know been busting my ass to get to where i'm at who are you to comment on me especially if i don't really know you like that like i know we're family but mm -hmm. you know even even if you're family like you know like <laughs> just be respectful you know at the end of the day i feel like that's what people that, that that's where that there's a drop-off you know, um, yeah, there's oh, okay. a big drop off there. Yeah. There's a, there's a really big drop off when it comes to that. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's just hearing this story coming from our listener. It really, it really hit something in me and that, that kind of made me want to do another episode today because honestly, when you think about it in retrospect, half of the episode was kind of focused on sports and on wrestling. And the other half was focused on, you know, a topic of discussion that we felt could maybe, you know, open people's eyes to a lot of different things. But with this episode today, guys, the reason why we decided to do this episode is because we actually wanted to solely make it about us and our upbringings and sharing maybe a story of ours, a story or two of ours to hopefully, you know, inspire you guys to be able to continue on y'all's journey and to maybe even connect with you guys on a deeper level. Because I felt like we barely scratched the surface a little bit, you know, with uh, introducing ourselves to our audience. But I felt like it was very necessary for us to be able to, you know, have this conversation here today and give them another episode this week. But also but use that episode to not only inspire them and connect with them on an emotional level, but to also, you know, sh kind of shed more light, let them know who we really are. Absolutely. You know, off of the podcast. So getting into our first topic, um, let's start off with my, with my story. Um, Eric, um, I don't know if I even ever told you kind of how I got into wrestling. Did I ever tell you kind of how I got into it? No, not really. Um, at one of your matches, you kind of do a wrestling. Remember who it was. Somebody that you had wrestled with previously. Um, and you just kind of touched on some things but i don't know if that was story so this would be the first time me really hearing yeah go like go going a little bit more in depth and i'm gonna try to share with you guys also some you know some some personal matters and stuff that kind of tied into everything because i feel like once people hear my story a lot of times when i've shared it you know um especially like my closest friends that were in high school um a lot of these guys a lot of these you know guys gals that saw me you know in high school saw kind of where i started and work my way up a lot of them to this day even reach out to me you know just like assure me that like I'm an inspiration and things like that so um I thought why not let, let, let's share the story and let's see if maybe we can um 
inspire those around us that might be listening to this here today. Um, so where do I start? Uh, so as I mentioned in the last episode, guys, uh, I am 25 years of age and I've been a lifelong wrestling fan. Um, I started watching wrestling. I want to guess, obviously I was too young to remember my age to know when exactly I started wrestling, but I was around the age of like maybe five, six years old when my dad first introduced me to wrestling. Um, I vividly have memories of myself, you know, wrestling with like a stuffed animal tigger. I have memories of, you know, my dad coming home from work one day with the WrestleMania 20, like collector's edition set. Whenever they had the DVDs, when they had the three disc set, he brought that home. And I remember watching Undertaker versus Kane. But when Undertaker would come out, I was so young. I was so scared. I'd run behind that couch and I'd hide. <laughs> it was, I have memories of that. So um, I definitely grew up loving wrestling. The older I got, I want to say getting into like junior high year, uh, middle school. Uh, I wasn't able to watch it as much, but it's because I didn't have the access to watch it. At the time, it was on cable, and it still is on uh, USA and stuff like that, but I didn't have those channels. Once we got, I believe it was Dish Network. On Dish Network, I don't think I had those channels for whatever reason. And then at some point, we just stopped because the internet started really taking over, so I wasn't really watching it for a while. Um, but around that time, uh, as you know, for a lot of guys and gals, a lot of us start going through, for guys, you know, puberty, you know, start growing. Um, as I started growing, you know, um, I kind of got a little overweight, you know, um, going into high school, you know, I was two around 200 pounds, but I wasn't a healthy 200 pounds. I was overweight. You know, you could see it in my face. You could see it in my body, you know. I was very ashamed of myself, you know, and through high school, through junior high, I was kind of just looked at as kind of like a chubby gamer, you know, type person, you know, not too many friends. And uh, going into my sophomore year, um, my family one day just told me that we're going to be moving from uh, Crystal City, which was about 45 minutes, 30 minutes away from Uvalde. And they told me that we're going to be moving to Uvalde. So imagine the mindset, right? I just um, finished my freshman year with a lot of my best friends in Crystal City. And I'm moving to a brand new high school, 30, 45 minutes away, you know, at that age. You know, mentally, I, I, was, I was worried, you know, because I was like, I'm not going to know anyone there. I'm not going to have any friends there. You know, and if I already had this kind of rep, at school like that no one really talked to me cared about me aside from my friends you know <laughs> what am I gonna do in this brand new landscape you know so I moved to Uvalde and Uvalde was okay you know for for what it was um didn't really have any problems with anyone um most of my time was kind of taken up by you know video games and a band because I did do marching band. I was in band and I was a percussionist. So to my percussionists out there, you guys are badass. Love all of y'all. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, um, time goes on in high school. Um, I end up, uh, I think it was at the end of my sophomore year. That's when I really kind of got fed up with everything. Uh, by the end of my sophomore year, I did have some friends, but it was kind of like the same situation, you know. I think at the time I kind of, I think 
Okay, so <laughs> this is going to be the first time I opened up about this. So one day, right, obviously we're kids, right? And everyone, no matter what, like at some point, most people tend to have a crush. So I ended up having this crush on this girl. Like she was one of the popular girls, right? But again, like I was kind of like a ghost. Like no one really talked to me. Chubby gamer. You know, kind of an outcast. So... One day, I remember, I just looked in the mirror, bro, and I was just so disgusted. You know, I was like, a guy like me would never have a chance, like, have any sort of chance with, you know, one of the popular girls, this popular girl, right? Like, I was just putting myself down. Like, I, my self-esteem was at an all-time low. I didn't really have too many friends anyways. So, it was at that moment where I decided, you know what, I just want to make a change. So, I remember, I believe... I came to that realization. I want to say it was like May, the very end of the school year. Um, I started lifting weights. And by lifting weights, I literally was just doing curls most of the time. I started doing curls in the backyard with a little makeshift weight set that my parents had. It was an actual weight set, but it was one of the plastic ones. It wasn't one of the Olympic weight sets, like the nice ones. Um, and all summer, like I just busted my butt, you know, for two, three months, whatever, you know, so however long summer is. And I remember by the time band camp came around, I want to say I went from being 200 to like a solid 150. I dropped weight, you know, and granted, I, the way I kind of did it early on wasn't probably the best way because a lot of the times like I'd only eat like when it came to my meals, I'd eat a decent amount, but not a lot. Like especially like in the morning, like I'd only go to school, like kind of fasted, only eating like two or three Nutri-Grain bars. Like, I was very, being very careful with what I was eating. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you know, I, I went into high school at a solid 150. But my motivation was, okay, you know, I want, I want to stop. You know, I want to have an opportunity with these girls, right? Because, I, I, again, I was at a young age, man. I didn't know any better. <laughs> I was doing it for the wrong reasons. So... That's kind of my story, at least when it comes to fitness. But the weird thing was, was because from that point on, I've been able to keep up with myself. I've been able to gain a lot more muscle, right, and build up my confidence. But the really messed up thing about it that I noticed was I wasn't really noticed until after I started lifting weights. And people would, like, talk to me. Like, once they saw me, like, go back to school with, like, more muscles and stuff, like, people, even the jocks, you know, would like have conversation with me, you know, talk to me about lifting weights, stuff like that. And to me, that was just so shady, man. <laughs> I, I kind of stepped to my, I, I kind of stuck to my own like little click because at the end of the day, like, I don't know, like to me, it was just one of those weird things where I went from being completely invisible to being the weight guy, you know? So that was one of those situations where, um, you know, it was just a little off. Like, it just didn't sit right with me. But, to continue on to the wrestling portion of it because it all kind of ties together in a really weird way. So towards the end of my senior year, you know, I'm in a relationship at this time. It's not the popular girl I had mentioned, um, but I ended up having a relationship for about two years. Um, around this time, though, after I graduated, I got a very heavily invested into content creation. So I was doing like YouTube. I was making uh, I was doing live streams on Twitch. Um, and, you know, the relationship was a very toxic one. And it was a toxic one because I remember there was an argument during this relationship where, 
you know, who the girl I was in a relationship with kind of basically gave me an ultimatum like, hey, you know, you're either going to do like streaming like only like once a week or you're not going to or not going to do like do this. Like I'm not going to, you know, keep like she wanted more attention, basically, is kind of what she was getting at. Um, And I was trying to, you know, compromise. But at the time, she wasn't willing to compromise. So long story short, the relationship comes to an end. Uh, it wasn't after that argument, you know, but after a lot more like mental kind of abuse and I was just in a really mentally abusive relationship at the time, kind of emotional abuse as well, being threatened to be cheated on and whatnot. So (laughs) it wasn't, it wasn't a good situation for me. Time goes on, a few months passes and I'm working in the oil fields, right? I end up getting this email from wwe in regards to I'm, I'm not sure if you get these emails but they usually like send out emails to promote like events like that are in your area yeah um i remember getting this email and because i was working in the oil fields i saw this email and i saw huh hell in a cell is gonna be in san antonio interesting ah screw it i'm gonna buy a ticket so i buy a ticket now the, the dumb thing is here <laughs> i buy a ticket but i knew how to drive but i have never driven in san antonio in my life like, I, I was driving only in small towns. So I bought this ticket gambling on the fact that my parents would be okay to just take me and drop me off. Luckily, <laughs> when time came down to it, they did. But, <laughs> like, that was, when I look back in, on it in retrospect, you know, that was that was ballsy. Like, that was kind of dumb on, on my end. But, you know, nevertheless, we got there. So leading up to Hell in a Cell, it was around the time that... I wasn't really watching wrestling. I was playing the video games and stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. Throughout all those years from, you know, middle school to high, to grad post high school, I was still playing the video games. So I kind of kept up with it. I was following them on social media. So I kind of knew what was going on and watching like WrestleManias every year. But like, I wasn't watching it every week. So what I did was I was actually on Hulu watching the replays because I don't know if you knew, but Hulu has like the replays, but it's kind of like dumbed down without the commercial breaks. Yes. So I was watching those just to kind of get myself mentally prepared, knowing uh, what's going on in the realm of wrestling when I go to Hell in a Cell. So Hell in a Cell day comes. I go to the show and, um, you know, I, I can't begin to tell you how refreshing that was for me. I had been to wrestling shows before. My first ever wrestling show was the tribute show that they did for Eddie Guerrero once he passed away in Minneapolis. Um, And whenever I was at Hell in a Cell, hearing the roar of the crowd, there was a moment in the show, hearing the roar of the crowd. Once I heard that roar and once, just I don't know how to describe it, man. Like a light bulb just kind of went off in my head where I heard the crowd pop. And I just looked around at thousands of fans that were there. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, you know, I love wrestling, right? Because my love for wrestling was very obvious that day. I love wrestling. I love entertaining crowds and entertaining people. That's why I did YouTube. That's why I was doing streaming. And I love fitness. And to be a wrestler, to be a good wrestler, you know, it's it's really important, you know, to keep up with yourself, to stay in shape, to hit the gym. It was at that moment, man, everything kind of clicked for me, being at Hell in a Cell. I was like, why don't I try to do this? Like, 
how do I do this? So I started doing research um, and I came down to two conclusions. Um, I found Booker T School out in Houston and I also found Seth Rollins School. And that was kind of a tough decision to make. I kind of came to the conclusion, like I knew in my head I wanted to go to Seth school because my logic at the time was, you know, Seth is in WWE right now and he was being built as one of the top guys at that moment. I, he, he wasn't necessarily in the WWE championship or the universal title picture just yet, but he was one of the top guys, him, Dean Ambrose, because Dean Ambrose was still there. Um, and etc. And I knew Booker T was a Hall of Famer. Like I had even gone to go visit, you know, the academy before. You know, I actually set off for set out for uh, Seth's school. But you know, um, it was actually on that drive home after Hell in a Cell where I kind of came to the conclusion that I was set on going to Seth's school. And I remember talking to my parents about it leading up to, you know, me actually applying and whatnot. Um, they were so against it. Not going to lie. They were so against it. Their mindset. My mom was a little bit more kind of understanding of it. You know, she was kind of on my dad's side, but she was kind of like wanting to see me happy, you know? So my dad's and, and don't take this the wrong way to anyone that's listening to this out there. Just because my dad at the time wasn't very supportive of it does not mean that he didn't care. I can see it from like a like his point of view. Like I, I completely understood where he was coming from, but obviously my mindset was a little bit different than his. And I feel like nowadays, you know, most most people's mindsets are a little different. Like it's the world's changing, man. So when it came to the whole going to wrestling school, my dad's biggest thing was he thought it was a waste of money. He thought it was a waste of money. He thought. Like it was very un like a very unrealistic goal, and he wanted me to just have something that was just going to be financially stable, just to kind of just get by, you know, like just something that'll just pay the bills, so that way I can move out, this, that, and the other, and that's kind of all he wanted for me, just to have a solid career, and he just didn't see it being wrestling. Uh, my mom was kind of on his side for the most part, but you know, my mom, <laughs> she she had a little bit more like. I guess it's like she was kind of just like in the middle just trying to keep the fighting to a minimum because man it, it caused a lot of angst for a bit you know uh but I completely understand where my dad was cutting coming from because that was a huge that was a huge bill you know going to Seth Rollins school if I remember correctly it was like three thousand five hundred dollars for three months you know for three months of training um so long story short I end up setting in the application I end up getting in um and I had gotten, originally I had gotten accepted to be in the class for September of 2019. Um, and this is 2018 when all this is happening, whenever I submit the application and stuff. But I remember expressing in my acceptance email when I replied, I remember expressing to them if any opportunities open for like a class that's earlier, I'd like to get in. Because my mindset was like, I want to go. I want to go like right now. Um but the problem with it was, is once you get your acceptance email, you had to put half the money down right then and there, right? So I had the money for that. So I, I put that down 
easy, like easy. I'm not gonna say easy because I had to work hard for that, but easy, like I just put it down. And long story short, fast forward. I believe all of that happened like maybe November. Fast forward to I want to say late February, early March. I got an email telling me from Black and Brave saying, "Hey, a spot opened up for April. Do you still want the spot?" And at that moment, in my head, I knew I wanted that spot, but I didn't have the other half together. And that's that's kind of a lot because they were giving me like before, like before the first day of class, I needed that money turned in. So I had to make a very tough decision and I decided, yeah, give me that spot. So what I did at that moment is even though I already had a full-time job, I decided to go out and get another job. So I was working at IBC you know, from, let's just say, I think it was like 9.30 to like sometimes like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. And then from there, I'd go right next door to Applebee's and I'd be working the night shift, getting out like at 12 or 1 a.m. just to do it all again the next day. And I had to work two jobs just to get that money in time so that way I can give it to them before the classes start. And it was a grind, man. That was such a hard grind, but... In retrospect, when I look back at it today, I'm like, man, that was so worth it, you know. But obviously, I'll get more into, to, you know, how grateful I am a little later. But um, busted my butt for like a month and a half, two months there at Applebee's. Um, then came the time to put in the two weeks, and they were very happy about it. They didn't understand. Like, <laughs> I was just there just to get money for wrestling school. But, like, <laughs> I remember bringing it up to them, and they were just like, you know what? Just don't even come in tonight. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> All right, but nevertheless, man, uh, I get to Black and Brave, and man, let me tell you, this experience was one to remember for a lifetime. You know, I walk in, right, put yourself in my shoes. At this point, I'm not going to lie, man, I was a confident dude, confident young man, because I had busted my butt, bro, to get in shape like I was, to be like as muscular as I was, and... I walked in, you know, kind of like, for lack of better, you know, terminology, big, big bleep energy. <laughs> I never want to say that on, 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 on podcast, right? And let me tell you what, I got humbled real fucking quick. <laughs> I got humbled real quick, man. So Black and Brave, there's not like a day one. It's kind of their, their description of it was we go in on a Thursday, right? And we do like kind of a fitness exam. Right in my head, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I got this fitness, bro. I've been doing, I've been grinding fitness for like two, three years now. I'm in really good shape. It's going to be easy, man. What am I, what are we doing? Just doing squats, doing, doing, doing bench press curls. Maybe I got this. I show up and I, they call Seth Rollins, the CrossFit Jesus for a reason. Cause that man has no off button there. Like this dude can go. So we basically do. Just thinking about it right now it gives me PTSD. That was hell. <laughs> the, let me put it to perspective. So we did a lot of cardio. We did a lot of things that like obviously worked on our legs and stuff like that. And mind you, I don't have the, my legs aren't bad, but they're not amazing either. <laughs> and if you were to ask any of my friends, they would probably say, oh, that's chicken legs. <laughs> they'd, those, they'd be assholes about it. But nonetheless. 
So I get done with day zero. Day zero is so bad, Eric, that we do it on a Thursday. We do day zero. I was sore up until the next day of class, which was on Tuesday. I was sore for days, dog. And that's with two to three years of he- like weight lifting. <laughs> and let me tell you guys, like, don't, don't, don't think like, oh, like maybe you just didn't do enough cardio or anything like that. Cause don't get me wrong. I feel like I probably did not, but during high school, my senior and my during senior and junior year, I was a part of, I was in, uh, what, what was it called? Powerlifting. And I was doing three a days. I was going to the gym. I was going to the high school gym in the morning. Then after school, I went to go do the workout again. And then I would go from there to Snap Fitness in Uvalde to get a third workout in after. Like I was breathing fitness, bro. Like it was just in my head. Like I just need a, like, you know, the PTSD from being bullied, you know? I, I didn't touch too much about the bullying, but like there was a lot of things people were saying to me back in high school that really affected me. You know, even to this day, like I remember vividly being called Dora, like fat Dora, because I had like long hair, a little chunky, you know, and and then even like I mentioned earlier, like, you know, my family member even just critiquing me after I had already been working out, like those things stick with you and they kind of do something to you mentally that make you just, I need to keep doing this, keep doing this, keep doing this, prove them wrong, prove them wrong, prove them wrong. But nevertheless, day zero passes. I'm sore as hell. Time goes on. You know, all the bumps, bruises. There was a time I almost broke my leg. (laughs) It was pretty rough at Black and Brave, man. But those three months really humbled me. And they, you know, show. like Let me put this into perspective. The class started with around, I want to guess, like maybe 18, 20 people around there. Maybe if I, I might be a little over, but we had a pretty decent sized class. We, all that graduated was less than half of our class. Whoa. It's not easy, man. A lot of people drop for different reasons. Some because, you know, it's a lot. They didn't think they can do it. Some because, you know, family stuff came up and, you know, it was kind of a commute for them having to drive a few hours, you know, three times a week. Especially for the workouts, because, you know, going to Black and Brave, you have to go and you have to work out at least three times a week doing his workouts. Um, it wasn't easy. But especially for especially for someone like me that was not from there. I'm not from Iowa. I don't live in Iowa. I don't know anyone in Iowa. I'm kind of there just on my own with my roommates, uh, which were other members of, of the academy. You know, just kind of there just on my own, really, you know eating, breathing, and sleeping, wrestling. You know, everything was wrestling for me at that time. And once graduation came, graduation was pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie because I actually graduated on my birthday. So that's always like every time my birthday comes around, I'm like, man, that's so cool. I graduated on my birthday. So this past year, that was my fourth year anniversary in wrestling, but it's also my 25th anniversary being alive. (laughs) <laughs> being alive so pretty cool um so towards the end of camp though that's kind of where they wanted us to start figuring out kind of like our character like who's our character right and this is where i get into this part of the story of how the king cobra came to be so i decided i loved my branding for streaming right i was uh, my logo was a king cobra right 
but my alias in video games and on streams was exotic, right? And the reason why I came up with the King Cobra whenever I was doing that was because I was thinking of different animals, man. I was thinking of animals that are exotic, exotic animals to America. I wasn't thinking like worldwide, but I was just thinking America, Texas. You don't see King Cobras. Like I could have obviously gone with something like lions maybe or something that's like uh, else but i felt like that's kind of overplayed especially when it came to logos in the gaming realm so i was like i want to do a king cobra and <laughs> my my justification for it from it was so stupid bro my justification like i would always tell people why king cobra oh because i'm i'm quick with it like i'm fast i'm i'm i'm, I'm stealthy i'm slippery like in call of duty bro like that was kind of my mindset like that was my reasoning to myself for <laughs> for the king cobra but like another thing about king cobras that i learned though which again is kind of why i stuck with it in wrestling is you know king cobras they, they tend to try to avoid conflict especially with you know because they're not the biggest animal they're not the biggest reptile you know, they, they tend to avoid, you know, conflict with bigger predators. But once you poke at it, once you mess with the King Cobra enough, they're going to defend themselves. And one King Cobra strike, if I, if I remember correctly, can kill like eight adult elephants. So all it takes is one strike, right? But the thing about the King Cobra is many people don't think like, they don't think much when they see a King Cobra, I feel. But little do you know. All it takes is one strike. Like, they are probably the most deadly thing you'll ever run into in your life. So, whenever I was thinking about my wrestling persona, I was like, it makes sense. I'm not the biggest guy. I probably won't be the fastest or the strongest either. But I feel like that kind of makes sense with my whole story. Because I myself, I like to try to avoid conflict. Like, I'm not out at bars just trying to like get in fights with everyone like i try to avoid it right but i'm also the type of guy that you poke at me enough or if you uh, for lack of better terminology let, 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 let's use the terminology that, that people use nowadays you fuck around you'll find out <laughs> you know but i i try to avoid it man like that's just not me like i'm not i'm not that type of dude that's just gonna go out just try to find a fight like that um so to me, it just made sense, man. Like that, that, that's kind of how I am as a person. That's kind of how I view myself. And, you know, I've always felt like it also ties into me because, you know, in retrospect, once a King Cobra strikes, you know, whatever it's, it was up against, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fall, right? And I've always kind of been like the underdog in my own story and in this story that I've kind of been living. You know, I had a lot of people that doubted me. Even at the Black and Brave, too. I'll get into that right now. But even, like, at the Black and Brave, like, I was kind of doubted, in a sense, you know? Whenever I brought my idea to the table, like, King Cobra Exotic, like, this is what I want to be. I had a lot of, from different people, you know, saying, well, like, oh, like, is that, like, a like a exotic dancer, gay snake type thing? Which, don't get me wrong, like, I kind of get it. But at the same time, like, kind of messed up you know it's kind of like belittling my idea like no one really thought it was going to work you know and whenever i even brought up pro wrestling to other friends like they're like oh why don't you do boxing like that's real type thing you know so i've always kind of been the underdog of that so i was always trying to prove myself and fast forward though you fast forward into my pro wrestling career and my very first show 
the whole crowd was chanting Cobra. The whole crowd. It was at that moment, Eric, where I realized I was onto something and I was right. And I stuck with it, even though a lot of people kind of like, eh, I don't really get it. Like, you know, you know, like you should kind of be hissing at people doing this, that and the other. Like they didn't see my vision. But even though they didn't see my vision, I had a feeling it would work. And, and I'm the type of person, too, that. If I'm going to fall, I want to fall because of me. Right. I, I don't want to fall because of someone else's decision making. I wanted to go after the character I wanted. And if it didn't work, I could only blame myself. Right. Because I didn't take that advice. And, you know, I I was just I was just wrong. And I could have revisited the drawing board, thought of something else. But I'm the type of person that likes to I like to gamble on myself. And I've, I feel like I've done that my whole life. You know, I've always gambled on myself. So when it came to wrestling, so let, let's get a little bit into my wrestling career, though, and like kind of the trials and tribulations I fish, faced throughout wrestling. So with wrestling, my experience has kind of been, and I'm going to have to be very selective with what I put on here, because, <laughs> you know, for obvious reasons, I'm not trying to, you know, yeah. restart any possible beefs or I don't have beef with anyone, but you never know what people no. might think about things. But to, to, to sum it all up, with wrestling, it's one of those things where I've noticed that it's very clickish, right? But to me, I'm not about that, man. I really am not. I like to think that wrestling, if we're in the professional wrestling business, we should all be supporting each other. I've always been a firm believer of that, you know, so I've never understood the whole, oh, if you work for this person, you can't work for this person. I've never been one to believe that. I've also never been one to fully believe what other people say until I get my own perspective on it, especially when it comes to other people, right? So throughout my wrestling career, there's been instances where, you know, I've even had promoters, you know, telling me like, or telling their class, when I'm not in the room that they only put me on a show because that day of the show, my grandfather passed away, even though I was on all their marketing for that show, even though I was promoted for that show, obviously I'm on their flyer. So why is it you told your class that? And why did you have me on the flyer if you didn't have plan on having me wrestle or anything? You know, to me, that type of disrespect, I just don't fly with, you know, like that's, that's deep, you know, cause the day my grandfather passed away, obviously it's, a, it's like I talked about in the last episode, like I'm not one to cry. I'm not, you know, um, and that man meant so much to me, but even though he had just passed away, even though, you know, my family obviously was grieving and it was a rough time. I was there that morning after he had passed and I still chose to fulfill my obligation that I had made. I made that decision because again, I'm very early in my wrestling career and I knew that there's a lot of sacrifices. Should I make it? Hopefully I do, but should I make it to the, to the next level, WWE, what, what have you, you know, there's a, there's gonna be a lot of, you know, sacrifices I might have to make every now and then. So I made 
an obligation. I made it into a priority to still go because I was, I was also the first show I was ever on a flyer, you know? So imagine my excitement there, you know? So I took it up. I took it about myself. Obviously my family, my, my parents understood. They knew I was going to go do the show, come right back, you know, to go spend time with my family. But, you know, imagine doing all that and, you know, still feeling like still hearing that, you know, from one of your best friends that apparently that was said about you by the promoter. Like that's going to rub people the wrong way. You know, like that rubbed me the wrong way entirely, you know, especially because I wasn't getting paid for those shows. I was just doing it because he gave that 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 man had given me my first ever match. So I felt like, you know, I felt like that's that was kind of my opening. You know, that was kind of like where everything started for me. So I felt like I kind of just needed to pay my dues, you know. Um, that was one instance. Um, and I feel like just honestly right now my career is still, it's still kind of an up, up, uphill battle. It's not necessarily an uphill battle in the sense of right now I'm beefing with anyone. But it's like an uphill battle in the sense that I still am trying to prove a lot of people wrong. Because there's a lot of shows I feel like, I, I, feel, I feel like, and let, let, me, let me word this correctly, because again, <laughs> I just feel like I definitely, well, I just want more opportunities, and I feel like a lot of people just haven't really taken the chance on me, but anyone that has taken the chance on me, they've seen what I bring to the table, you know, especially Oscar, like huge shout out to Oscar, you know, Oscar, if you're listening to this, I appreciate everything you've done for me. Roland, if you're listening to this from PWI, I appreciate you. You know, these men took a chance on me. And I feel like every single show I've shown up, you know, not only are there, I feel like the crowd is crazy, man. Like, not in a bad way, but they go crazy. And I feel like it's kind of been like that everywhere I've been. And I'm not trying to say that, like, in, in a way to sound cocky or anything. I'm saying that because that's me proving myself right. I always knew that King Cobra could be something. I always knew and had the confidence that I could do something in pro wrestling, that I could be a household name one day, that I could be someone that the, that the kids look up to and use as inspiration, that even adults. There's been a lot of, like, there's been a lot that I do that sometimes I don't even post about. I've been to birthday parties to surprise kids I didn't ask for a dime for those appearances. I just went because I wanted to be there. You know, there's times where I went to go watch pay-per-views with fans. And, and you know, you're one of them, you know, yeah. because, you know, your son, Kingston, loved the little guy. Fantastic kid, you know, where I take time out of my day to do these things. Because at the end of the day, I feel like nowadays, there's not enough of that in the world, man. It's such a weird and scary world and I just wish that more pro wrestlers and and I and I've been very vocal about this. I feel like as pro wrestlers we have an obligation, right? We have in in a sense kind of power. People look up to us. People watch keep up with us, you know, to whether it's to, you know, support us and, you know, support us all the way to the top or whether it's even for motivation. You know, we we hold a lot of power and we don't realize it so it's very important that we pay attention to the things we say online the things we're doing you know it, it's just i take that very seriously 
long story short, I take that very seriously. And I feel like there's not enough positivity out there. There's not enough. I feel like us as pro wrestlers, we should just be doing more to try to not only thank the people that go to the shows every single day, but doing more to, you know, just be better human beings overall. And I feel like that's kind of where I separate myself from the rest, you know. Um, so all in all, I guess it's just to top off this whole wrestling, you know, journey and kind of my story is the overall outlook of everything is there was a lot of times where, you know, although there was a lot of people doubting me, I gambled on myself and I feel like it's only up from here. I've won my first two championships finally after three long years, you know, and I've been to California twice already main evented twice in Cali. Um, very blessed, big shout out to, you know, the, the friends that over there at desert pro wrestling, you know, to Frank, um, for making all of that possible. And I'm just blessed, man. I, I truly am blessed. You know, I, I feel like I have the best fans on, in the planet. <laughs> the, the amount of support I get, man, it's just, it's just hard to word. Like, I feel like I'm studying, studying a lot right now, but it's because when I think about these things. I just never could have imagined it being this successful. I knew I could do it, but I did not know it would be as impactful as it has been, you know, because I, I just feel like, again, I have that obligation to not only send the, phone, the fans home happy and with a memory, but to also create these moments for them because I know how important it can be for them growing up, you know, because another fan, I'm going to bring up another fan really quickly. So before Kingston, another fan that I was easily able to think of at the top of my head that I've done a lot for was Jackson. Um, and Jackson, there was times where I'd even go to uh, go to Brett and Nikki's house, which were his parents. And, you know, they had me there like I was really good friends with them, too. You know, I'd be there. Me and Brett would be there teaching Jackson how to wrestle, how to chain, how to do different things like that. I believe Jackson's like 12 years old now, um, but, you know, he was one of my biggest fans, had all the shirts. We even had like our cool own little high five type thing, you know, and it's just beautiful, man. And I'm I'm very blessed to have the fans that I do that support, that keep up with me. And, you know, if there's anything you guys can take from that story, it's just to gamble on yourself. You know, no one believed in me. No one thought that the King Cobra would work. And here I am with crowds, arenas you know, chanting Cobra, selling out merchandise like crazy. And it's only up from here. 100%. Crazy. 100%. Like the, there's nobody um, that I've met in my life. Um, and I mean this personally. And, and anybody that knows me knows I'm going to speak truth when I, when I talk about somebody. Um, your drive and ambition to be what you are striving to be is phenomenal. Like, like just being around that energy is, uh, is motivating even to me, right. To, to be around it and, uh, to see your work ethic and what you put into the matches, um, is, is amazing, man. So obviously, you know, you've got our support, the family side, and even, even Draven, you know, back home in Indiana, can't wait to, to see you again and stuff. And, and, uh, 
and just be able to chat it up with you and stuff because he's also been exactly what you mentioned that kid wrestling around with that stuffed animal you know <laughs> slinging around swanton and off the top of my bed and of stuff. course and man so um that's going to lead into my story and, and kind of my my piece for this this podcast uh, i'll try to keep it shorter um than i normally would because everybody that knows knows i can talk so um but yeah um we'll lead into that here in just a few minutes but shooting the props to you man uh, and our friendship is building off of just the just for the fact that you were so kind to kingston right out of the gate as a father um which is where i'm heading into my part of the podcast um is very uh, it's the emotional side when you see somebody that doesn't have to take time for your kid that they're looking up to them eager to meet them you know, and you take the time. Every time I've seen you, after every match, any kid that comes up and wants a picture of you, with you, um, to hold your belt, what I mean, just everything you do for the kids is very inspiring. And uh, I like surrounding myself with good people. Of so, course, man. And cheers to that, man. I, to I, I appreciate that so much. And and I, I think it's very important to also add before we get into your, you know, to your story that you wanted to share with us is people forget like we're pro rest like just because we're pro wrestlers we're humans too something i didn't even talk about and we were i was supposed to i'll, I'll skim right through it but you know we're humans too and you know throughout this whole journey you know you've seen me at my highest and then you've even seen me at you know my lowest you know um throughout this whole wrestling journey there's been times where I've been at my low, man. I've been at my low, but even whenever I was at my lowest, you know, whether it was because of a bad breakup, whether it was because, you know, of just some drama going on in the pro wrestling landscape that really affected me, whether it was me personally or, you know, maybe even someone close to me or even my business back in Uvalde, whatever, whatever it was, you know, although I was going through those things and you know, having to battle my personal life problems while still trying to pursue this, this dream of mine. It was, it was the friends like you, like Brett, like Jake, like Ray, um, you know, the list goes on and on of those people that kind of kept my head, kept up high and kept reminding me like, Hey, you know, like I, we know you're going through a lot, but just keep in mind why you're doing what you're doing. Right. And it, and especially the fans, like, Whenever I'm at the shows, I feel like that's one of the only times that everything, all my problems are back at the door. When I'm in that ring, I just feel like a superhero kind of in a sense. I feel like I'm not me because it's, it, it's, it's weird to say, man, but I, I just don't, I feel like I'm someone much bigger. I have a bigger platform when I'm in that ring. People look at me like I'm some superhuman, but in reality, I'm still Elijah right? The only difference is that I feel like, and I feel like this is another thing too, why I think a lot of people connect with, you know, the King Cobra is because they see themselves possibly in the King Cobra. They see themselves, you know, they see that the King Cobra sometimes it's not so easy. He might start out the gate getting his butt kicked a lot, but he perseveres. He keeps fighting. He keeps clawing. And at some point he's able to overcome his obstacle. 
right? And I think that, that, that that's just such a, such a beautiful thing. And whenever I'm at the shows, you know, the fans really put everything into perspective for me and kind of just remind me why I do what I do and, you know, just motivate me. You know, the fans motivate me. My friends motivate me to keep going no matter what I'm going through. And I owe it all to you guys that's listening and to especially the fans like Kingston, you know, like yeah. like Jackson and, you know, the list goes on and on. But big shout out to everyone out there listening to this right now. And I hope that, you know, you guys hearing everything I've been through hopefully inspires you guys to do the same. No matter how bad it may seem, please continue the fight. Please find those outlets that you guys may need like whether it's the gym whether it's painting whether it's just anything you guys enjoy whatever you guys have a passion for invest into it you know invest your time into it invest your energy into it because i promise you guys this you will get to where you want to be and at the end of the day there's always a light at the end of the tunnel like eric mentioned earlier and it's just one of those things where please just don't give up. And like I, like I mentioned at the last podcast, if anyone ever needs someone to talk to, let me know. I'm always here. Same here. So what you were talking about reminds me of a necklace that I have at home, right? That, and, and on it, it's a barbell, right? It's a little dumbbell. And, and it is all it says is know your why. Know your why. That, that's the most important thing you can you can do in anything is know why you're doing it exactly you don't have a reason it's probably not going to last right and, and and do it with conviction so um that'll all tie in as well to what there we I'm go about to talk about so um so take you, a quick break there we go yeah let's take a quick we'll, break uh, we'll jump into my story yes sir so Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. We're going to take just a really quick break. And as soon as we cut back in, we'll jump right into the story. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we'll get back with you guys after this word from our sponsor. What's going on, guys? It's the King Cobra Exotic. Just reminding you guys that this Saturday and Sunday, August 12th and the 13th, there will be two different wrestling shows going on at the Rolling Oaks Mall inside the wrestling shop on the second level across from Hot Topic. On Saturday, the wrestling shop will be doing a show at 1 o'clock. And then on Sunday, APW will be in the house with ECW legend and ex-WWE superstar, Super Crazy. Tickets will be on sale at the door. Come on out to the shows and support myself and all the other talents that is going to be on the show. And we hope to see you there. And we are back. What's going on, guys? So we are back from commercial, as I just mentioned. And uh, it's time for the main event uh, of the evening. I don't know about that. but <laughs> uh, I know, man. I mean, I'm really looking forward to hearing, you know, you know, your piece again, whenever we talked about it earlier in the week, you know, um, I just wanted to come on here and, you know, just really give, you know, the our listeners kind of a little bit more an in-depth look as to who we are and, you know, kind of some stories that we feel like, obviously not all of our stories, I'm sure like a lot of it we could have gotten, like, especially with mine, could have gotten a lot more in-depth and uh, gotten different stories out of it to hopefully inspire people. But, you know, our our main reason for doing this in the first place was, you know, to just inspire those around us so i'm really looking forward to hear what uh you know hear more about mr eric taylor himself 
Well, where to start? So mine that I want to talk about today is about single parenting, I guess, if you will. Um, my story starts, it was 2009, and uh, my first wife and I were having complications. Uh, things weren't really good, and uh, it led into um, a situation. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail, but um, I was cheated on, basically, and uh, she... It was a guy that we went to see. It was I'd known him for a long time, and we went to watch him cage fight. And uh, I took her there. We got to know, you know, she got to know him and everything else. And uh, long story short, she went to a few of the matches uh, by herself. I think one time, and ended up that he didn't have a sitter one night for his kids a little bit older than mine at the time and uh so she volunteered you know to go watch his kids at his place and took our kids with her and uh you know she got home late that first time second time she volunteered to do it up staying all night there kids there and it didn't set well so obviously i had reservations and was upset Long story short, uh, it just led into a lot of problems. I, I used her having an affair. She swore that it didn't happen. You know, uh, to this day, you know, you hear people in your ear telling you it was. Uh, she's telling you it wasn't. Regardless, though, you know, I can look back on on our relationship, and it, it wasn't healthy anyway. Um, I was always accused of being the one that wanted to chase the money. So I was very successful uh, with Venice uh, Center and Aaron's as a regional manager. And uh, every time there was a new opportunity for me to take more money in a, in a different area, if you will, I would, you know, go and tell her that's what I wanted to do, and would always ask, you know. Hey, do you think it's the best interest of family? Could you do that? You know, and one of them was moving to Ohio for one of the positions, and uh, and that was a rough go. I went over, got us a house. We still had our house in Lafayette. Tried to sell it, and uh, didn't sell. Over there, she got homesick. Ended up leaving me, moving back. To a place that was like a cousin of her uh, I was trying to find a transfer back to and um, you know so there was a lot of complicated times uh, her mom always you know using me of chasing the money hear about anything else, and it was all about me and you know looking back I didn't feel that way at the time and and it always made me angry uh, to have you know your in-law and you she was so close to her mom, talking you know, in her ear, basically, like that. And I felt like that wasn't really healthy either. Um, but at the same time, I look back on it, I think we had other problems. Like, we weren't really good together. Um, you know, she had cheated on me before we ever had kids. And 
know, I turned around and she was pregnant with Kingston or Raven. And uh, I, uh, you know, felt vulnerable in the situation and ended up cheating on her. We were going to split. I went home one night and we talked it through. Obviously, everything was okay and better uh, for a little while. We ended up having getting pregnant with our daughter Tristan. And, uh, you know, it was everything. You always, I think when you're in a marriage, right, you always maybe think things are better, but when you don't communicate and talk, you really never know. And and that was the biggest problem that we had was we and so it led to the divorce and that was the hardest time of my life. Uh, to this day, um I look back on everything, you know, not so much now because it's been several years, you know, but for the longest time that's all I could think of. What what did I do wrong? I, I think things go south so much of the time. People blame themselves for every problem that happens. Like if one person's wanting out, the other person takes it all on them. What did I do wrong? But you know, and then you self-assess and then you start eating yourself up, dissecting everything down. And that's what I did for so long. You know, we split up, divorced. I went to my parents' house for a little while. I got my apartment, then it was reality. You know, it was just happening. There's no way to reconcile, wasn't turned around. So I got my apartment, um, shading old apartments, and spent a lot of time not really being present in my kids. You know, they, they, I went from a full-time dad, seeing them, you know, get ready for preschool, all these things, you know, and, and led to not seeing them every other weekend. Um, so when you go from seeing your kids every day, able to hug them when you want or play with them when you want to seeing them four times a month, and I, all I could think about coming from family where my parents were together my still are obviously as I thought in last podcast it very very difficult because I didn't I, I thought I had ruined kids lives like that it was all my fault I did something to drive her to this we did all, everything in my eyes was fault so I basically just spent a lot of time by myself inside my own head till I couldn't take it anymore. Started going out to the bar. I was at the bar every single night, every night, without fail. If I didn't have my kids, I was at the bar and drinking myself to Oblivion most of the time driving home. Honestly, in a sense, probably not even caring what happened to me. It's 
in a wreck, maybe it was saved me. Aim internally. Want to get up, causing me a lot of problems with my job. Doesn't work, and they they were very understanding for a while. Obviously, tough situation, um, but in the end, I had to step down from the spot voluntarily. But asked, "Hey, you're not really in this." So I ended up going from making six-figure income up and down store level, making half. And, you know, ex-significant other, the custodial parent, kind of it's everything. Support, you know, it's because she didn't work. I support was set salary I went to the situation it was the first person in the world because now all of a sudden they couldn't their things because they were banking support money so it was always a tough situation for me feeling needed to at that time continue to make more um, but in the long run it uh, didn't out and I was having to work weekends when I didn't used to. So I went to the store level. They, they worked Saturdays. I would only have Sunday off and kids four times a month. You need to make sure you're home Saturday to have them. So I ended up leaving the company that I was so successful in. For 16 years of my life, going to work in a factory. And I started on the floor in the factory. Lucky enough, wasn't there very far before. They had a uh, higher position over. I, I always knew that, always, as you talked about, believed in myself and abilities to do anything and be successful at it. So, my name in, voted me right away and put me in the office and helped get me back at least to a salary in which I was making what I was making at, at the manager. Obviously not six-figure income, but hey, I think those days are past at this point, but I'm okay with everything financially. But uh so to go into the whole situation, it was 2009, I got the apartment. Um, I was just going through a really tough spell. And finally, I just didn't take it anymore and drinking was solving any problems. I just uh, took on gaming and went out and bought an Xbox 360 from a guy on Facebook Marketplace and, you know, Started gaming and I up Call of Duty and, and somebody at work told me you know it's a lot of fun and it's like oh I had a lot of time on my hands so every night I would get on there and, and play and I, and I found you know I got to be really good friends uh, if you will a lot of people are like ah oh, are you really friends if you just know them from gaming and and I can tell you that they're there for you 
some of the realest friendships I had was through gaming. A lot of them actually still, even to this day, like follow me on social media, keep up with my wrestling, because wrestling, like I was a part of wrestling clans, man. They had clans for yeah. wrestling. And some of these guys, like we all loved WWE when we were younger, and they see me to this day, like doing that. And they, they, they like, like my pictures a lot, like even hype me up sometimes in the comments or even like people that used to watch my streams also, like keep up with my wrestling stuff and still support me. So no matter what anyone says, your, your fan, your friends that were on Xbox, that were on PlayStation, like those are real friendships. I don't care what anyone says. Absolutely. So I got to be really good friends with some of these people. They, they were there when I had nobody, you know, uh, as you get older, you know, most of my friends were, you know, we weren't really friends anymore. We were more like acquaintances anyway through school and whatnot. Um, you know, and my best friend forever was, was off in the military. So he, he had left. He started in the military late in his later mid-20s or whatever. Um, so he was, he was gone, moved away. And so I had really nobody around my hometown, if you will, as crazy as that sounds, that was there for during that tough time. So I was alone a lot. So these guys that I met through Xbox Live were became really dear friends that they were there for me to use as a as an outlet. And uh, so built some good relationships there. Um, quick touch on that. One of them I'd had. Since 2009, been a friend on, on whether it be PlayStation or Xbox 360. We both had both accounts and stayed in touch uh, all the time through it. Um, he uh, actually, you know, we're friends on Facebook as well. And he found out and saw that I had moved to Texas for my job. And he had a friend who owns a ranch in Seguin, which is only 35 minutes from my house. And so he let me know and came down and uh, was down this past, this past January, I think it was, and uh, invited us out to the ranch, me and Kingston, and we went out and got the meeting for the first time in person. And uh, it was an amazing situation, you know, but when I walked up, obviously through Facebook, you already know who somebody is, what they look like anyway, and you've talked 16 or whatever, uh, whatever it's been. And so he, uh, you know, I, I get out of the car and he's already at my door. It's like, sees how happy I am now in life with Emily and Kingston and, and my life has turned from where. So that's, that's a pretty cool situation. So, um, but to go backwards, I guess, to when, I was in that dark time and stuff. I started to realize that when my kids were there, I was so angry about the situation. I wasn't really present. Like I, they were there. I would turn on the TV, whatever, sit there and stuff. I wasn't like in the moment. In the moment. And as time went on, I started to spend a lot of time. Even though he was into all the things that dad liked. You know, he was into baseball or football, wrestling, you know. Yeah. And, and so we had that connection already. 
I had never been raised around girls at all. Like I, I didn't know anything about being a father to a girl, having in my so it was all new to me. And you know, I definitely say to this day, I failed miserably at being a father to my daughter such a young age when uh, the very uh, most impression impression they, they learn what a father is and, and so when we talked last podcast it was very true part two I pray that I've done all the right things now to show her what a man is and stuff and that looks like but of course. I felt like as a father um, of a three-year-old at the time, I didn't do that quite a while. She, me and Draven would go throw the football out in this back lot by back door of our apartment that was a lot, and we'd go down there with hitting the ball, you know, throwing the football and sit on the balcony of ball or color or whatever. And I remember so many times looking up there and. Uh, Seeing her look down like she, so many times her mom called me after I was. It was always the same thing. By the time, and I would get angry about that. Um, not ever obviously to throw it at me angry because you put me in this situation. It's your fault I'm failing with her because of all this and instead of just doing something different and doing what we right, did so much hatred and anger so long over I didn't figure it out very long and and to this day I deeply regret I had I had just let go of my adult problem. Keep in mind that just as much my everything as, as Raven was, I should have shown her that. And you, you're listening to this, and, and anything resonates. Trust me when I tell you, you, you don't get that time back. I, it, Obviously, it sounds cliche, and everybody knows that, but tomorrow is never guaranteed, and, and those days passed without me doing anything about it. I know Tristan and I have had now that team now, several times one-on-one out remembers and at uh, just heart father know that that's what well could have taken that moment single father getting in the time memorable stamp for her than I did because yeah. the difference in her and Draven Draven looks back on it ask him very a 
standpoint. So, and uh, that that just sucks. So, so I that's probably the biggest thing I can give anybody right. Now. Take the time, present, engaged, in in it. No matter what you're going through, it matters. The littlest people on the planet. You're you don't have to fake it that you're happy. They they already know that they're not in the same situation that they were. Like they're struggling just as much as you are, but you can not struggle together by by just being involved and engaged and you know, holding each other when you need to, but most importantly just make those moments memorable. Every because even though it was only four days a month, I could have made those four days the best four days of the whole month and and been different about it. Yeah. And eventually I did. I, I worked on that, you know, but but I had to go through a lot to, to get there. And I feel like had I maybe had an outlet, you know, people to talk to, know because i feel like so many times when somebody goes through a divorce parents side with their kid everything always seems ugly right it's it's always i don't know um just instead of two adults just not getting along and being in the right place because i don't agree should stay together just I, I don't believe um because i believe that our job as parents is you know have to give them this life and if that's not by them seeing two people fight and not be happy and we can show them to be happy separately still give them love from that's the best thing and that's that's the part i missed for a few Figured that. So yeah, um, that was that was the toughest time, and obviously things on. And I still have a great relationship. Raven, of course, he's games with me almost every night. You know, um, and Tristan and I still to this day, I think, work on. He knows that I love her with all my heart always there for her um, and I try to communicate with her as frequently as possible being her and an 18 she's gonna go a lot of course I talked to her today uh, for quite a while we had a great conversation of her she's she's just a beautiful soul she um, she's very much uh, like her mother but she has a lot of family and, and it, she's she's a great human. Like I think that's probably the biggest thing that I'm so thankful that. Things she, that's the that biggest thing about. Bitter. Yeah, that's the biggest thing about everyone that you're tied to. I've noticed, you know, Kingston, amazing soul at such a young age. You know, Emily, very great. Draven as well. You know, I feel I like to think that, you know, you just have that energy and, you know, whatever it is, you know, you're teaching and instilling in your kids, man, it's working. It's one of those things where I, I commend you on that, you know, and um, from everything I've heard so far, you know, 
I think the thing is, is, and it's hard for me to speak on it <clears throat> because I haven't had any children of my own. But, you know, uh, I guess like from what I've seen and, you know, I guess my own opinions, it's it, it's tough because parenting doesn't come with like a handbook or anything, Oh, you know, and now that you've had all those experiences, I think to to a degree, I feel like the the one thing that I think about everything that you went through, I think it's beautiful only because it taught you what you know today and you were able to learn from it. Although, you know, you obviously, and I can see why, like anything that happens to us, we always wish that we can go back in time and maybe have done this better. Like even, you know, for example, um, there's been times like, you know, whenever people go through relationships, like breakups and stuff like that, especially if they didn't want it to happen, there's been times where you think for a little bit like, oh, maybe I could have done this better, could have done this better, you know? And then, yeah, at some point you're going to reach that point where you're like, I just hate them. <laughs> but like, you know, like we all, we all think that way when it comes to a lot of different things, not even just relationships, but just like maybe oppor opportunities that are missed, you know, like we're, we're human, man. And at the end of the day, I think that it's beautiful that you were able to learn from that. And the fact that, you know, you're still able to maintain this relationship, not only with, you know, with Draven, which sound, which it's an amazing relationship, guys. I can I can confirm <laughs> I, I play Fortnite sometimes with Eric and Draven. I think that's so cool, man. I think that's awesome. Um, but even, you know, with with your daughter, you know, and I'm glad that, you know, you guys were able to kind of rekindle that relationship. Y'all are still working on it to this day. And, you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's hard and and I, and I spoke about it a little bit in the last pa last podcast, but it's important to be open minded. You know, as you're explaining all this to me, like I was already thinking, like I can only imagine how you felt going through all of that. You know, like I I know whenever uh I went like some of the ugliest breakups I've been through, I kind of felt that way. Like I kind of felt like I was in like pretty awesome moments, but sometimes I wasn't there mentally because I had just been through a breakup and I wasn't really appreciating everything that was happening at the time. You know, like one of my ugliest breakups happened. Uh, I want to say it was one summer. Uh, I was by myself. My parents had just started working in Minnesota. I want to say this was a few years back. Uh, so I was kind of by myself in Uvalde, taking care of the house, taking care of, uh, I think... I don't know if we had Cooper yet, but regardless, I was in Uvalde by myself, uh, watching the house. My parents were up north working and long story short, uh, I was in a relationship for a little bit, ended up going through a pretty bad breakup. Uh, my mom ended up coming down to visit and taking me with her to Minnesota. So that way I can go visit my dad, visit some family up there. And I'll tell you what, th this was around my birthday. So with my dad's job, he was making money like making really good money up in Minnesota. So, you know, they knew I was kind of going through a rough time and, you know, they wanted me to, you know, not be alone. So they took me to Minnesota. They even took me on a pretty expensive shopping spree. I'm not going to lie. You know, they wanted to give me a really good birthday, trying to cheer me up a little bit. Um, I don't even, I can't even put a price tag. I think they probably spent like close to a grand on me. Like it was crazy like they're doing anything and everything in their power taking me to outlets trying to make me happy but even though all of that was happening I was still out of it right I didn't take time to appreciate that a lot of time that I spent over there 
like while I was shopping that very day, even though I had gotten a lot of stuff, I remember being in the food court about to break down crying. Like I literally just, everything just hit me and we just can't control that type of thing, you know, like, and that's just from a breakup. I can only imagine like, you know, a a huge commitment like marriage, because obviously I like to think that most marriages, like people are getting married because they, they genuinely feel that strongly about said individual. Right. So that's even worse. So me hearing all that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can only imagine how you felt, you know? And then also, like you said, whenever you have children, I, obviously, I, again, I don't have my own children, so I can't speak too much about it. I can maybe give like kind of my idea, but you know, with children, I, th- I think the general idea, at least in my opinion right now, before having children, is you want to give them the best life possible, like you mentioned. And in a perfect world, I guess the way we would look at it is a happy household, you know, mom and dad still together. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. nowadays, it's it's really rare, especially nowadays. Like in this generation, I feel like <laughs> there's so many homes that are kind of split up, you know, and it's a lot of toxic love out there. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I can imagine I can already say confidently, like even the way I look at it, whenever I do have children, I want to do everything in my power to make sure it stays like because at the end of the day, that's kind of how I was brought up. And that's the way I believe it should be, you know, but times are crazy right now, man. And um, I think that with everything you've been through, you know, it's it's bred you into the person that you are. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I appreciate that. Uh, it was definitely a rough road. Um, and I know it's not easy for my family, my parents right now, me moving to Texas, you know, uh, 1,600 miles away, whatever it is. Um, you know, and it's definitely been hard on my kids. Um, you know, them not being around their little brother, you know, is, it's bad enough. And... You know, it, it's hard sometimes to think about how perfect of a life, if you will, giving Kingston. And so there's the part of me as, as, as that father that feels like I'm. You feel like maybe there might be animosity there yeah. from the other. Well, I don't think that they I don't think that they would ever have animosity. But for me, it's a guiltiness. Yeah. Of, of being here. 1600 miles away from them and, and giving Kingston the life that maybe they, I, I wasn't able to uphold to give them as a solid home and foundation. And, mm-hmm. good, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I can speak openly about it. I, like I'm just a completely different. I'm of course. obviously at 50 versus 30 when I started having, you know, I, 20 years is, is a big span of time. Of course. That we all mature. Um, and and mature later than women anyway. So it's uh, it I'm just a, and I've had time to work on myself and become a better human being to to take in and and enjoy the the, the, the things in life that are those precious moments. Especially you know, when you do get to fifty, I'll just tell you, you know, it's it's hard at twenty five to see it, but but coming from my point of view. Um, when you hit 50, you start thinking about like every moment, like they, they start to matter more because you know that they're 
they're less and less ahead of you. You know, even I don't not talking like I think that, you know, I'm 70 or 80 or 90 right now, but but you do start to think about the value of time, of time yeah, and and how how you take advantage of it in your of youth, course. you know, and and as I took advantage of it at that time, you know, and didn't uh, didn't value it like I do today. So you know, the only thing I I hope is that when my kids do listen to this, because I know they will, um, that they know that you know those moments in in our lives together. I'll always remember them, you know, and like they, my God, see, I will get emotional. They were my rock. Like they knew what I was going through and the greatest hug in the world is from a child who knows that you're hurting and doesn't let go. It's the tightest, most genuine, deepest hug ever. And Tristan, oh my God, gives the best hugs. <laughs> so, so lucky enough, I get to see her. Um, on she'll be down with my parents uh, September 29th. So I, I look forward to a uh, month and a half from now being able to to get one of those superb hugs. Of so, course. Um, I miss her. Lot, so miss everybody uh, you know miss all your that, family absolutely it, it's tough and and I mean your parents are a long ways away from you as well and I know that you go through your times you know it, it's tough I'm sure having them not there so I think about that when I I see you and stuff and I think about my kids being in Indiana and if they're struggling or having one of those moments me not being there with them as that outlet so yeah um, you know I, so that's probably the biggest thing I wanted to talk about this for is that if you're in those moments right now just take care of it you know like be there for your kids be present be involved be engaged and and let them know that you support them in their journey in life like you know I Draven and Tristan both know that I support them whatever decision they make people ask me all the time did they because they both graduated one this year and one last year you know and they ask they go into college you know are they and i'm like is college gotta be the only answer for everybody like that that's the end all be all if you don't you're not successful and i think that people put success as as a almost like a salary or or a title, a job title, yeah. wherever they're going. And, and I don't agree with that. No, me either. I think success, the way I view it today, is, I mean, success is, is achieving your dream, right? Like you're, you have a dream and an aspiration and you're not chasing it. You're failing yourself because everybody else may win by you doing something that they think you should. But inside, you're dying a little every day when you're not doing what you're yep. passionate about. So if that means you make nickels a day, but you're chasing your dream, it's better to be broke than to, than to be working a nine-to-five or doing something for somebody else that you're not happy doing. Of course. So that's the last thing I'll leave on is, is wealth. The wealthiest people, a lot of them are broke. 
reason I say that is because wealth is about knowledge. Wealth is about love and, and passion and like happiness within happiness is, is wealth, mm-hmm. right? Because wealth equals health. And, if, and I promise if you're stressed and unhappy, you're not your healthiest self. And that's, no matter what. And that's true, you know. Um, that's, I guess, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, that, like that's something me and my dad, you know, kind of differed on. You know, I'm, um, I guess, like, priority-wise, whenever I was starting wrestling, you know, he prioritized kind of me just having a good job, doing something I wouldn't be enjoying, you know, just to make a paycheck and just to, you know, be able to continue living. But, you know, my mindset's always been, like, you know, at the end of the day, you got to enjoy what you do, man. Our, it's like you mentioned before, you know, about us enjoying our moments because I've always had the mindset that my life could end at any moment. I could die after we film this. I could die. I don't know. I don't know when my time's going to come up. And I want to know whenever I leave this world, I want to know that I did everything I wanted to do, that I lived every single moment fighting to make my dreams a reality and doing stuff I enjoyed, you know? So that's why I continue to this day to continue chasing this professional wrestling dream. That's why I continue to do things that make me happy. Cause at the end of the day, like what's life if I'm not happy, Absolutely. you know, I could tell you right now, the times I'm not happy is whenever I'm working my current job, <laughs> you know? And I'd at least like to know that, you know, whenever I leave this world, aside from, you know, chasing these dreams is I want to leave a legacy because legacies is what live on. And I want, you know, my legacy of my hard work, determination and my, like my ability to, uh, just do anything and everything possible to make memories for my fans. I want that to be living forever, you know? And one thing you touched on that, you know, in, in your story that really opened my eyes too was whenever you mentioned, you know, kind of like, I guess the, the, the way to word it would be how you brought up, like how you kind of felt bad in a sense because, you know, you were here you're here giving not not felt bad that's probably not the right way to word it but just to continue you might understand what i'm trying to say you know giving kingston the world but wish that you would have done the same for you know tristan and for um draven my almost brain fart um because my parents kind of had it the same way too you know they my mom had both uh, my sisters rose and chris with a different you know, with a different man. And my my dad had Marcus and JJ, two of my brothers, with a different woman and then also another woman for my other sister, Ruby. You know, and there's a lot of times, and the reason why I guessed animosity was because although they never really say it, like I, they, they joke around about it a lot, right? Like they call me, like my, my siblings call me spoiled because, you know, they... I had both of my parents, they stayed together and, you know, they gave me the world, you know, like I just mentioned, you know, just that whole experience there in Minnesota. But it's one of those things where, you know, I know that some people might take it like that, you know, and it's one of those things where it's just, I can only imagine how they felt throughout everything, you know, and obviously the older I get, the more I realize, you know, how blessed I am to have things the way I do. 
you know, so I, I very, I very much so am thankful for, you know, the kind of the life that I've had, but it's just crazy. Obviously the, the older I get, the more open-minded I get, the more knowledge I get, it just opens my eyes to, you know, the different situations that people go through. And I think it's important, you know, like you mentioned, um, for people to not only like if, if they do have children to really give their all to them, let them know that they're going to be there for them. You know, and to support them in whatever dreams and aspirations they do have, right? At least that's my view yeah, on things. Absolutely. You know, because I think that's the one thing I wish would have happened earlier. But at the end of the day, I'm okay with how it happened because I've always been the type of individual that if someone doubts me, I'm going to go and prove them wrong. Got it. You know, like that. that's just always been my mindset. But I know, like, there's some individuals that are very dependent on that support that once they don't get it you know they 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 stop they back off you know and i think one good example and people would be like of course you bring this guy up but russ was one of those people i remember he he brought he brought it up on one of his interviews where he said that he had asked his best friend bugus and i think even his brother too like should i start rapping and at this time he was just a producer he was just making beats for them while they rapped and whatnot but he had asked should i start rapping and then his best friend bugus said yeah why not do it get on the mic do it encouraged him and look where he's at now you know like and he even said it himself like that was a very pivotal moment in his music career because had he had been told not to or been discouraged he probably wouldn't be here because again like he at that time very vulnerable and, and I think that's the beautiful thing, too, when it comes to anyone chasing a dream. Like, we we all have that moment where we decide, are we going to do it or are we not going to do it? Because I feel like that's another thing, too. Like, a lot of us, especially when we're chasing those very ambitious dreams, those ones that not many people are able to say that they're able to do. But a lot of us think, okay, should I play it safe? Or should I just go all in and try to make this a reality? Whenever we get, whenever we reach that point, a lot of us, we go to like a best friend, we go to like a parent, and we ask them for their honest opinion on what they think we should do. That yes or that no oh. can be very pivotal, and I don't, I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yes, a lot of people, and if 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 this is ever brought to my attention, if someone's gonna come to me and ask me about a dream, I'm gonna tell them just just go for it. You have one life, make it count. Absolutely. 100%. That's, oh, I know Draven will be listening to this. I know he's our biggest fan. So Much love, Draven. I miss you, buddy. <laughs> so I know he'll be listening to it, and he knows where I stand for him. Like, and, and Tristan as well. Like, if she came to me and had a true dream and, and asked me full, um, it was affordable. <laughs> <laughs> for, for for dad, uh, but I would I would one hundred percent tell her if no matter what it is, pick up what you're doing and start chasing it. Now. And Draven has a, a really big passion to be a professional gamer. A there we go. Be He's really good at it. He absolutely is. And man, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I I, I don't know. Does Draven? Do you know if he streams now? Yeah, off and on. Did, does he do like, did, do you by any chance know if he makes money off of it yet or anything? No. Okay, so I remember, obviously take my advice as you will, right? I used to, again, I used to be so big on that. 
I got to a point where I was actually making money off of it. It's really important. Now, obviously, Draven, since you're hopefully listening to this, I would highly adv- like suggest, first of all, come up with a good schedule. Maintain that schedule because people will subscribe, especially if you're on Twitch. Also, invest. Invest, invest, invest. And, again, it's a gamble. It's just like my wrestling, you know, it's a gamble. I had to invest a lot into my, you know, to my attires, to my branding, etc. But really invest in a really good setup because... At the end of the day, you know, you want to look professional, you yeah. know, like I like whenever I was doing streaming again, like how I told you the other day, whenever I was in the gaming realm, I was paying like a hundred and something dollars for like professional graphics to make my Twitter look the part I was paying for graphics, even for my stream, like the wet, like, you know how people have webcams, I would have an animated, like, I guess you could say overlay. So, like, there was, like, lightning bolts going around my webcam type thing with my logo smack dab in the middle. I even had a logo for my gaming channel. These are things that are important because this is what's going to set you apart from the rest. Some people look for that. Some people look to see how, like, how legit is this guy, you know? And then that's the unfortunate thing, especially when it comes to wrestling, too. They're good, like, people are going to look at how you look. You look the part. You know, like, there's some wrestlers that... Like go out and wrestle on basketball shorts Like Some people just don't like it Like don't get me wrong You could be amazing in the ring But some people Perception is reality If you look the part People will believe you People will At least give you a chance Absolutely So it's very important to invest in whatever it is You're passionate about Whether it's music Invest in the music equipment Whether it's you know Wrestling Invest in you know Going to school for it And then obviously the gear Um just whatever it is, invest your invest your time, invest your energy, and if if needed, you know, invest your money too if you have to. Yep. that's just what it comes down to. Absolutely. So hopefully he, uh, I've offered for him to chase that dream, so uh, to come down here and live me for a while, you know, um, it, it, to save the money, you know, to wouldn't be paying overhead, you know, and hopefully if that's what he chooses. To you know that he knows that that door is open always here for him so and and i hope that all parents out there have that same view um, because it is a different world we live in today and that that's probably the biggest thing is is making sure that it's a digital world it, it, you mm-hmm. know and and people can make a lot of money if you're good you set the branding and you make yourself noticeable um, in this day and age. You can you can truly make a living, whether it's being a, a influencer or a podcaster or a um, streamer. You know, but there there's money to be made with with <clears throat> online stuff, whether it's TikTok, whether it's you know whatever. Um, if you're passionate about it and it's what you want to do, the only advice I'll give anybody. Um, same thing I started doing all through my career, right? Is if you're going to do something, be the best. Of course, be the best. If you're going to do, if you're going to stream, if you're going to do whatever, if you're going to work out, going to chase a dream, being a wrestler, if you, whatever you're going to do, make it make it known that you are the best in class. You are the you are the bar. Be, be delusional in a sense. And then the reason why I say that, 
because some people get it twisted. Be delusional in the sense of, like you said, believe you're the best. You have to put yourself in that mindset like, oh, I'm going to be the richest. I'm going to be, I'm going to have the most followers. I'm going to have the most subscribers. You have to believe in yourself in order for other people to believe in you. And that's just the unfortunate reality of it. Manifestation. Manifestation. It's a, it's a real thing. It, it really is, is a real thing. And I'm going to add on to that because I think that that's an, that's an amazing thing. And I 110% agree with that. I also think that people need to be willing to sacrifice too. Like, and what I mean by that is like whenever I was doing the whole streaming thing, you know, it's, it's not a bad idea. Like, again, I'm going to use this guy as an example again, but Russ and his audio book, it's all in your head. A very great book, by the way. I recommend everyone that's listening to this podcast, even you, Eric, listen to that audio. Listen to the audio book, read the actual book, whatever you prefer. But it's a very inspirational book. And the one thing I took out of that is when he talks about making sacrifices. If you're not willing, and I believe the way he worded it was, if you're not willing to go through the hard times to get to the to you know to the ultimate to the peak, basically then you don't want it that bad. That's right. Like me, I'm having to put my body through hell. I'm having to bust my butt. Long days, long nights with the job I have now. But I'm doing it because I know that obviously I need to pay my bills. But also because that's what's, you know, funding my career right now in professional wrestling. Absolutely. You got to be willing to sacrifice. And it's not a bad idea to, you know, for example, if someone wanted to pursue streaming, you know, like you mentioned a little bit ago with, with Draven, it's not a bad idea to get like a part-time job and then just on your time Absolutely. off, you know, just yeah. grind on that. I mean, he's, he's, like I said, he's talented. He can do it. If he ever needs advice, let me know. I, I know yeah. a lot of people that can help him with graphics and stuff like that. And, you know, I got to a point at least where I was able to make some money off of it. So I might be able to offer something. I don't there know. There you go. Absolutely. Every little bit helps. And I think the thing that I want to take from the Russ book is it sounds exactly the, the, the title of the book, It's All in Your Head, is something that I heard years ago. That was a, a quick thing. It's uh, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So if you think about that for a second, what that's really saying is whatever you think is going to happen, what's going to happen? You think you won't be successful, you know, or it's or you don't think you're good enough to do whatever. Then you're right. You probably aren't, and that's not a cut to anybody. That's just saying that you got to put your mind right, mm -hmm. right? Like you got to have it in the right place, and you got to believe in yourself first before you expect anything. You got to get out of your own way. That's it. That's, that's all it, it comes that's down all to. It is exactly, and that's. I think that's a good spot, man. I think we've kind of hit the nail. We, I feel like at this point we're going to be sitting here just trying to like motivate people. Like, listen, get out of your own way. <laughs> like, I could be here all day saying that, but you know, at the end of the day, I think we've gotten we've gotten pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're looking at about maybe about an hour and a half for the podcast. I think that's good. I, I don't want to. <laughs> we kind of went long last time, but I felt like this was a very necessary episode to do. You know kind of give people a little bit more yep. of our backstory, you know, um, and hopefully they're able to take a lot from this. Hope so. You know, um, 
again thank you guys so much for tuning in we should have another we should have another episode next week i don't want to say we're gonna have two because i don't know that um i know me and eric are gonna have to have some conversations off of uh, off of the podcast to kind of figure out a schedule uh i think one of the schedules he suggested i actually kind of like the idea maybe come football season once we start talking about sports and stuff maybe we'll have like two separate episodes one kind of just talking about the real life events and like stuff that you know for that audience and then have a separate episode later in the week specifically for sports just so that way people kind of are able to pick and choose yeah so nevertheless guys uh we'll keep you guys posted with all that stuff be sure though to follow us on our social media pages so we are currently on instagram we are that is uh the comebacks podcast at the comebacks podcast and then we're also on Twitter. I believe that's the Comebacks 23 or... The Comebacks 23. The Comebacks 23 on Twitter. We'll see if we can maybe look around for a different or a better way to word it or something. But for right now, be sure to follow us on there. Stay tuned to our socials as well. Uh, we'll be posting whenever we have a Facebook available. If we don't post it right away, then we'll definitely let you guys know about it on our next uh, on our next podcast. But... uh. Other than that, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Not at all. Just uh, glad that we have the list and hope everybody continues to share this. Put it out there if you like it. You know, like the podcast, like it, first of all, and, and then share it. <laughs> yeah, so hit that, that follow get, button, guys. Yeah, and, and give people a chance to hear it, you know, outside of who we may know and who we've shared it with. Uh, everybody else can help us get the of course, thank you guys again for all the support. Hit that follow button, subscribe button, whatever it may be. And uh, we will see you guys next week whenever we come back with the next podcast. Stay tuned to our socials to know when. Thank you guys. Have a good one.